the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit who's God himself, he has one main weapon, which is the word of God, again, which is the sword of the spirit, the Bible itself. And what we're learning then is the spirit of truth uses the word of truth to proclaim the one who is truth, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says that he is the way and the truth and the life. Hi, and welcome to Live in the Light. We are glad that you are here today. Hey, today's message from Pastor Robbie continues along in our series, Truth in Troubled Times, and takes us further along in our study of truth that is so desperately needed in today's day and age. Pastor Robbie is with me in our studio right now. And Robbie, can we ask you what's ahead for us in God's Word today? Yeah, well, I love, Craig, where we're ending this year here at Living the Light. Um, when truth is so needed, I think it's obvious we are living in troubled times. Um, just, again, the chaos that surrounds us. I mean, just like you look at the political scene the last several weeks and months, and you're like, oh, my goodness, what is happening? And here, whether it's here or again, across North America, or even across this world, and just the level of uncertainty people feel in society, the mass confusion in terms of what is truth. And that's why I'm delighted, so delighted that God has given us the opportunity to be here to present what we know is the truth. And that's why Jesus prayed to his Father in the greatest prayers ever prayed. Father, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. And so that's what live in the light absolutely stands on. And so you might find yourself again in troubled times. And if you don't right now, you will soon. It's just the way it goes. And our society as a whole, I think we are in troubled times. And we need the truth, Craig, more than ever. And so again, we are thrilled to be able to provide this for you. And we're praying you'll be so encouraged by it. And you would want to help support us as we do that as well. And you'd be considering taking a few moments right now and how the Lord would lead you to get behind us here at Living the Light as we end a year, but as we have such faith going into the next year, again, that God is on our side. And if God is for us, well, then who can be against us? Again, such needed truth in within such troubled times. All right. Now, as Robbie mentioned, just before we get to today's message, uh, we would love to hear from you at this end of the year if, if God's been really stirring in your heart this year through the ministry of Live in the Light. We'd love to hear how God's Word has been encouraging you. So you can do that. You can reach out to us through our website at liveinthelight.ca or through our phone number, and all of those details will be available for you at the end of today's program. All right, now let's go to today's teaching and join again with Pastor Robbie in Psalm 49 for more truth in troubled times. All right, let's get our Bibles open to Psalm 49. Our Bibles open to Psalm 49. You know, um, I do not tire of saying that phrase. I do not tire of saying, please open your Bibles too. And I do not tire of our church collectively reaching down to grab the word of God 
or in some cases to grab your phone and open the word of God, which is obviously not as good as the real thing, as you know, I feel. However, it's still God's word. We're excited about that. But um, always remember this, okay? Always remember this. As we go to open up, as we go to open up the word of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is called in scripture, the spirit of truth. John 16. Now think about that. The Holy Spirit is called the spirit of truth. The single greatest weapon the Holy Spirit uses is the sword of the spirit, which is called the word of God. Ephesians chapter six, okay? This truth hit me hard again this summer. So let's just stop for a second and understand what we're about to do, okay? The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit who's God himself, he has one main weapon, which is the word of God, again, which is the sword of the spirit, the Bible itself. And what we're learning then is the spirit of truth uses the word of truth to proclaim the one who is truth, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says that he is the way and the truth and the life. And so let's just again stop and consider the magnitude of what's happening there. And then the one who is truth and one of the greatest prayers ever given, Jesus to the Father prays for the church and he says, Father, sanctify them, the church, in the truth. Your word is truth. So again, sometimes the simplest things become the most profound. In our day, the church is getting lax and we are starting to put this to the side, to the side, to the side, to our own detriment and to the failure of our commission again for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you want to be filled by God's spirit, a lot of people like Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, yet they disregard this, you cannot genuinely be filled by God's spirit and follow God's will apart from the sword of the spirit, the word of God. You cannot be in God's will apart from the truth. It's impossible to truly follow the Lord Jesus Christ apart from, again, what the Holy Spirit uses the most, this book. Again, we don't worship the book. We worship the Messiah who's revealed in the book, but without the book, we're toast, okay? And that's why this series we're in again. This is why we're called Hope Bible Church, okay? Because truth is what's so needed in our day. And without truth, we're dead. So truth is in troubled times. Let me just say this too, okay? You had a summer. I hope it's been in different ways and different leisure, whatever it is. I'm so glad for all those things. I had that too. But let us never, ever forget, you cannot thrive in Christ apart from his word. Impossible. You might try. It's not going to work. Never, ever. You need the Bible in your life. You need the Lord in your life. And you don't find him apart from his word. You will not survive troubled times apart from truth. And that's why this series then, this mini series, again, another opportunity for power, potency, and the things of the Lord. A reminder that today is a continuation from last week. This is part two of our exposition of Psalm 49. Verse five is our thesis. It's our question. It's our mission. Look at verse five again. The psalmist asks, why should I fear in times of trouble. In other words, why should I not fear in times of trouble? What are the reasons I don't need to fear in times of trouble? On the screen for you, just to recap where we were last week, in case you weren't here, and if you were, you might have forgotten. Number one, we need not fear in times of trouble because money can't buy life. Wealth will never be able to buy salvation. You say, where do you get that from? Oh, look at verse seven. Truly, no man can ransom another 
or give to God the price of his life. Why? It costs too much. No man can ever buy his salvation. Verse 8, for the ransom of their life, it's too costly. It will never suffice, the Bible says. Money can't buy life. So, so again, we are so encouraged by that because we have Christ. So we not, need not fear times of trouble because this world's going to end. And then real life begins. And all those in Christ are saved and safe. Secondly, we need not fear in times of trouble because death is 100% guaranteed. Look at, look at verse 10. For he sees that even the wise die and the foolish and the stupid alike must perish. Okay, so the smartest and the dumbest, they're all going to die. Death, we're learning, is the great leveler. Death, again, you can have the biggest house, the most money in the world. In the end, you die, and your box is the same as everyone else's. You end up in the earth just like everyone else. So we need not fear in times of trouble with all the wealth and the pride around us. Because in the end, every single person who ever lived is going to die. Again, death is the great leveler. And we hold on to that hope as the Bible instructs us to. We're not living for treasures on earth. We live for treasures in heaven. And so we pick up where we left off then. We jump right into today's text and today's message. Reason number three. Why should I not fear in times of trouble? Here it is. Because the foolish are doomed. Now look at verse 13, okay? This is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Watch this. Yet after them, people approve of their boasts. Like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. Death, well, death shall be their shepherd. And look down the last part of verse 14. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. Now, as we begin these verses, you can look at the Bible right now, man, that kind of sounds a little bit harsh. It seems a little descriptive of a rally of death. But here's what you understand. There's a big lie going through our society as much as ever. And this lie is, says something like this. You can have love apart from truth. Love doesn't require truth. But the problem with that is, and a big problem, if you truly believe something is true, and you know it's true, and this truth is the difference between death and life, to love someone apart from that truth is not actually love. That's not love. If you know a truth and you know it's true for real and this truth saves someone from death itself and you withhold that truth from them in an attempt to tolerate, in an attempt to be liked, you are actually not loving them. You are hating them. You are hating them by not telling them the truth of eternity. So love, by its very definition biblically, love is truth. You love people with the truth. This is the whole ministry of Jesus. So many people want to focus on the, the nice side of Jesus' fluffy ministry. Man, he brought all the time. He's staring people in the face and telling them the truth of life and death and heaven and hell. Eternal life. And even over and over again, he did this. Truth. Love is truth, and we take the truth, and it's truth in love. We say it in love. 
We love in the truth and we love people with that truth, with, with humility and with compassion, but we, but we say the truth if we truly love. That's what the Bible's doing. Some of you are here right now and you're about to hear a few phrases in God's word. You're gonna be like, man, whoa, 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 whoa. But I'm telling you, this is God's love loving us enough to tell us what is true and to show us the reality of what so many people in their death will be screaming and literally dying eternally and wishing, wishing they would have heard it yet once again. They might have put off their foolishness and their hard-heartedness and embraced the reality of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the first four words of verse 13. This is the path. This is the path. Now, isn't it incredible? All of life, all of life comes down to two roads. Isn't it amazing? All that we do, our whole existence, it all comes down to two different paths. Jesus taught this so clearly in Matthew chapter seven. He said, there's a wide road leads to destruction. There's a narrow road that leads to life. That's it. That's it. At the end of the day, you have two choices in your life that's gonna impact all of eternity. There's a wide, easy road. The ways of the world leads to destruction. There's the narrow road, faith in Jesus Christ, which leads to eternal life. So think about that. Okay, just, just, just stop long enough right now. This is a wisdom psalm. Let's get some wisdom. Think of all the time you spend. Think of all your desperate attempts at achievement, all the accumulation, all the accolades, all the education, all the sports, all the hobbies, all the obsessions, all the politics, all the celebrity, all the shopping, all the climbing the corporate ladder, all the bank accounts, all the investments, all the posturing, positioning, protesting, all your pursuits. And in the end, all of that, all of that comes down to two paths, two roads. Which one are you on? Had another incredibly powerful funeral this past week for a dear brother in our church, John Vanderweide. Right in here and just, just that service flooding with perspective. I mean, just I'm learning to appreciate fuels more and more and more and more because you sit there and you're just like, man, Robbie, what are you living for? Like, what are you doing? Just see it, man. In the end, it just comes down to two roads. It's life or death. Man, choose life. Go for Christ. Do not waste your time. Do not get bogged down with such idiocy of the things of this world. That's what the psalm is saying over and over again. Our text makes it so clear and sobering. The path of the foolish will not end well. Look at verse 13, okay? With foolish confidence. The path they have chosen is foolish confidence. So, so let's unpack that. Um, among those who love the world, there's, a, there's an arrogance about them. Um, there's, a, there's a certainty. They, they claim there's a certainty of the future. There's an inherent disregard for the creator on unfounded pride in their own self-achievement. So the text says they hold to a confidence that is absolutely foolish. When Jesus, again, the Bible's one book, man, the unity is astounding. When Jesus teaches this again in Matthew 7, right? Jesus says, you can have the most elaborate house, you can have the biggest house, the fanciest house, but in the end, when you're confident, you, you have, you've placed foolish confidence in this house built on sand. You spend all this time in the house, all the time on the inside and the outside, all the time in the flash, all the time in the hype, but you forgot the foundation. And the moment the storm comes in, it's built on sand, it washes away. 
He's like, fool, but the wise build their house on the rock. That's what this is saying again. Very telling in verse 13. Notice it says, yet after these people, after them, people approve of their boasts. What a phrase that is. You know, okay, right here, God's word is cutting right into society. God's word, God's right now is just calling it like it is. God's word. So I have a nephew, and when you say something that kind of burns someone, he's like, he's like, well, you just got owned, man. You just got owned. Okay, God's word is owning humanity right here in this verse, okay? I mean, it is just saying it like it is. It's calling this hundreds and hundreds of years before we were even here. It's amazing. So what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? Well, what this means is the wealthy or the worldly, they will have many followers, thousands of followers who listen, who approve of them, who love them, who aspire to be like them, who worship them, who hang on their words, who cheer for their lifestyles and their choices, who wish they could have what they have. Again, verse 13, they will approve of their boasts. These followers, they will get in line. They will be intoxicated with these worldly demonic lusts of the people they're following after. They will, they will cheer them on all the way to their own destruction. And this is where God's word just has humanity so pegged. Yet after them, people approve of their boasts. All the thousands of followers, millions of followers who cheer after those and approve of their worldly temporal boasts. I mean, just think of the world we live in. It doesn't take much to decide about this week. And just think of Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever. Just, just think of the idolatrous following and worshiping. Okay, for example, here are the top 10 current Instagram accounts in our world. This is probably changing every week because it just more gets added to it, okay? So just look at this list for a second. And so, um, I have to confess, I didn't know every single person on this list, all right? But I'm getting old, so I'm kind of out of it. You know what I'm saying? So, but Cristiano Ronaldo, 170 million followers. I mean, just, just, that's five times the population of Canada. Like, just think about that. Anyway, think, think of the influence. Look at some of these people here too, man. I know who The Rock is, all right? These two, give me a break, all right? You go on here and you, and you just kind of look and look at look at what's happening. I, I learned this week, Ronaldo, because he has so many followers on Instagram, every sponsored post earns from a million dollars. Just think about that. Think about this. So you add this up all together, man. What is this? Like one seventh of our entire world? Think about that. And let me just point this out. Okay, right here, right here. This isn't exactly leading you down the narrow road. This is a psalm of wisdom. All these people, 170 million people, boasting and cheering and saying, yeah, yeah, go, man, go. Do it, do it. All the way, all the way to self-destruction. I'm telling you, like, just, just a word, young people, all people. It's just like, like the Holy Spirit right now, man. He's, he's, he's sitting down with you. He's like, listen, listen, do not be deceived. You can follow all this. Like, you, you can do it. It's, it's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. It's a colossal, in the end of the day, it's a colossal waste of time. And you can put all your eggs in that basket, man, but in the end, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well. It's just a moment of wisdom saying, you really, you really, it feels so, it feels so right, it feels so fun, it feels so entertaining, it feels so, it's so temporal though. It's so temporal. The Bible says it's not gonna last, it's not gonna last. And people are cheering them all the way to hell. That's what's happening, man. I'm not saying the Bible's saying that to us today. This is what's going on. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Proverbs 14 on the screen for you. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end, its way is death. That's what's happening here. 
That's what's happening here. And again, look at verse 14, very sobering. Like sheep, they are appointed for Sheol. Death shall be their shepherd. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. So if you trust in man, you worship the wealth of the earth. This hit me really hard. Death shall be their shepherd. What an image that is. Think about that. What an image that is. And look at the end of verse 14. Their form shall be consumed in Sheol with no place to dwell. Just to flush that out a little bit, New King James Version translates that, and their beauty shall be consumed in the grave. New Living says their bodies will rot in the grave. This is what's being carried through the Hebrew there. I'm telling you, you can follow those who appear beautiful now, but without Jesus Christ, it's going to get ugly and ugly in a hurry. Remember seeing the movie Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Like that movie? That was a long time ago. I'm getting old. I remember watching that though and like the technology back then and some of the first things they were able to do and right at the end of the movie, that other guy, I can't remember his name, was the other guy, he grabs the wrong grail, the wrong cup and he's all anticipating eternal life and here he goes and he, and he drinks it but because he had the wrong cup, then the consequences were he would not go on to eternal life. He would speedily rushed towards eternal death. And his body, he was, let's say he's 50, in a matter of 30 seconds, he aged from 50 to death. And it was this, it was this kind of crazy, scary moment where they, they used the imagery and he just, he aged, 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 aged until his whole thing rotted out. He became a skeleton. His bones kind of burst apart. And the lady's home and she's screaming out, you know, like crazy. And I was like, oh man, that's freaky. And this guy, though, became a corpse just like that. But in, in reality, this is what the Bible is saying. Again, there's an appearance of beauty right now across our world, man. All these people, though, that Jesus Christ, their bodies are gonna rot in the grave. Their beauty will be consumed in shale. See, wisdom, 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 wisdom. What are we following and why? Think about it again. So few people take the time to stop and just consider even believers. Why are we doing what we're doing? Why are we following who we're following? Why are we spending the time that we're spending? And the Bible right now pulls us aside and says, listen, I got something to say. This is so important. Because now look at the hope embedded within verse 14, the one that I skipped over. Look in the middle. And the upright shall rule over them in the morning. In the morning. So the morning, that's awesome. The morning is a reference, a future reference, biblically speaking, of the resurrection of believers in their glorified state. In the morning, when Christ returns, when we are fulfilled in our glorified, resurrected bodies, you will rule over them in the, in the day when Christ returns and all sin and death is dealt with and our hope is fulfilled in Jesus Christ. See, you can follow the temporal beauty and eternal corpses or you can follow the resurrection and the life. His name is Jesus Christ. And let's not miss this too. Death shall be their shepherd of all those who follow the system of the world. But you follow Jesus Christ and you belong to the good shepherd. The good shepherd who leads you to life abundantly. This is Jesus Christ who's here today. You need to give your life to Jesus Christ, the good shepherd. And when you belong to the good shepherd, you shall not fear in times of trouble because you have a hope that will never, ever be diminished. You cannot die. Glory is coming and all the promises we're hearing about right now. And you have an eternal beauty, which is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, First Peter 1. That's the glory of the gospel. That's the hope for the believer in Jesus Christ. And because that is true, it should change the way we live. That's what the Psalm's getting at. 
that's what the Holy Spirit's going for today. It should change the way we live because death isn't our shepherd. The good shepherd is our shepherd and he's leading us to life. I need not fear in times of trouble. And here's our last reason. Our last reason we need not fear according to our text. Number four, because God has ransomed my soul. Because God has ransomed my soul. Where do you get that, Robbie? Verse 15. Just going verse by verse here. Verse 15. But God, but God. You know, there's a few big but gods in the Bible. I think of Ephesians 2. We were dead in our trespasses, following the prince of the power of the air, children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. How bleak, how awful. But then the text says, but God, but God being rich in mercy and because of the great love with which he loved us, he made us alive together in Christ Jesus. By grace you have been saved. But God, but God is the phrase that can change your life from death to life. And here we have another, but God in this passage, so beautiful. But God, but God up against those whose graves will be their home forever. But God up against those who are destined for shale and death. But God who's up against those who are living for worldly wealth and have no hope. But God, the psalmist says, will ransom my soul. God, notice, will ransom my soul from the power of shale death and he will receive me. Money cannot buy salvation, but God can. And God has. He has purchased salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. See the word ransom in verse 15? Very powerful. It's the theology that runs through all scripture. If I asked you right now what ransom means, I, I need you to be able to answer that, biblically speaking. To ransom, it means to purchase. It means to buy back from. It's the term in theology that speaks of Jesus Christ died. He bought us from our bondage to sin. He paid our ransom that we might be set free from Satan and death and our own sentence of sin. But God will ransom my soul. And of course, ransom is all throughout Scripture, all throughout the New Testament. Let me show you one verse of ransom from 1 Peter 1. This fits so well to Psalm 49. Knowing that you were ransomed, purchased from the death-futile ways inherited from your forefathers. Watch this. Not with gold and silver, money and wealth. That will never do it but with the precious blood. How precious is the blood of Christ compared to the things of this earth? Infinite versus nothing. Like that of a lamb without blemish or spice. See, see, you were ransomed from the precious blood of Christ. This is why we need not fear in times of trouble because we've been ransomed. Hey, hey, question, question, question. Consider this, all people listening right now. Do you know that you know that you know that your soul's been ransomed? Like, do you know without a doubt that you're, if you're here right now and you say, yes, I do, praise the Lord, that is awesome, okay? But some of you are here right now and you don't know that you know that you know. There is doubt or there's flat out denial. I don't have that. Today can be the day your life changes forever. When you know your soul has been ransomed by God through his son, Jesus Christ, that's why Jesus died on the cross and spilled his blood to wash you clean, but you must receive the gift. You must receive the purchase price of that ransom that you might be called a child of God. Do you know that you know? Can you see Christ working and living in your life? 
Hey, Living the Light listeners, listen, you've heard of Black Friday. You've probably heard of Cyber Monday. But have you heard of Giving Tuesday? That's a time, again, for people who are fired up about ministries like Live in the Light to give on Tuesday, November 29th to, again, ministries like ours to see the gospel continue to go forward and lives to be changed through the revelation of God's truth. Did you know that we are kept on the air on this station 100% by generous donors like yourselves? It's so true. We are dependent on you and the support and prayer, again, of our listeners to continue to see these messages go out and we pray reach so many people again for the Lord Jesus Christ. And this year we're excited to say we had a special donor step up and they are willing again to match gifts up to $25,000. They're going to match again all donations up to that amount towards living the light in this giving season. So hey, maybe right now you you consider being used of the Lord to uh, see how you can be used to give generously to live in the light that will continue to reach people. Again, a donor is going to match up to $25,000. We're so thankful for that donor and thankful for you for considering being used in this way at this time to see light shine in the darkness and to see those again without hope to find the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Bless you all for prayerfully considering such things. Join us again tomorrow for more Bible teaching from Robbie Simons on Live in the Light.